Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and video show which brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, and experience from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe so you won't miss a new episode. I'm your host, Fritz Bussemaker, and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with Sharon lemac Pincer. Sharon, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Fritz. It's lovely to be here. And Sharon, allow me to introduce you. Uh, you are a lecturer at Lancaster University, which is basically where you are. You, I assume you're one of the lecture halls of uh, Lancaster? I am indeed, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, you have a background in social legal investigation. And I think one of the reasons we wanted to invite you to this program is some people would call you the space lady. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I love it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> at home, that's what I'm called in my local area. I'm the space lady. <laughs> okay, good. Well, again, uh, Sharon, welcome to the program. Now, how did that happen? Why, uh, why are you the space lady? Why do people call you the space lady? So the reason that I'm called the Space Lady um, is I teach space entrepreneurship here at Lancaster University. Um, I'm absolutely passionate about space. So anytime you sit down and have a conversation with me, it always ends up getting back onto the subject of space. Um, so I teach my students how to use emerging technology um, linked to sustainable development goals for the space sector. So it's about future forecasting um, for the commercial space sector. So that's, I guess, that's why I've got the title. Uh, now, I know some young boys and some girls when they're very young uh, dream of, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up in life? Okay, I want to be a rocket scientist. Uh, I want to, but in reality, what brought you into space? Do you know what, can I, when I was little, do you know what I wanted to be? I wanted to be Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. I wanted to fly. I, I just wanted to be Mary Poppins. I thought she was the most amazing person in the world. Um, and it's funny when you, I was at an event, yes, uh, on Monday, and Chris Hatfield, the astronaut, was there. And he was saying that sometimes to understand how you get somewhere, you've got to go back to look at that young person, don't you? And, and that young person, if you were to meet them now, they would be thinking they'd locked out. Do you know, that's what he was saying. As an astronaut, he wanted to be an astronaut when he was little. And if he was to go back and speak to his five-year-old self, they'd go, you've locked out, you've managed to achieve it. I've not locked out, I'm not Mary Poppins. <laughs> but um, how I've got to space really is about that kind of, that love of my, my children. Um, so my youngest son, uh, so I used to be interested in space. I loved space when I was little. But um, when you when I was at school, I, you couldn't really do the subjects because they were for boys. So when I, I wanted to do computing studies, here's a story, sorry. <laughs> but I wanted to do computing studies and um, my mum went to school because I got told I had to do secretarial and I wanted to do computing. And my mum says, well, you're doing computing. And my mum went up to school and they went, well, that's for boys. She's our secretarial. In the end, after a long argument, back and forward, I eventually got to do my computing. And I did really well. I passed the exams and, and that was that. The point that I'm saying is that, you know, when I was a little younger, there were certain things that you couldn't get into. Um, and actually that's changed now, or it's changing. It's maybe not all resolved, but there's more opportunities. Um, 
So for me, when my younger son's passion for space, so I used to take him around the world to space camps in the summer, and um, we went to Huntsville in um, Alabama, and he was there for a week's camp, and he came out running, he was so excited, full of this energy and enthusiasm, and I had no idea what he was talking about, and I was like, I have no idea, but I remember how enthusiastic I used to be about space. This is amazing. And he really inspired me. Um, and he says, Mom, you really need to learn more about space so that we can have this conversation. You need to get on the same page. So it was through that conversation in Huntsville, Alabama, that I thought I want to be someone that he looks up to and I want to learn from him. So that's my Mary Poppins moment, maybe. <laughs> Well, it's both about flying to summer guests. So there is a parallel if you want it to do it. But uh, is that also something personal that you go way overboard? Because not only you went into space, you're, you're teaching space entrepreneurship. And I want to cover that a little bit later, what that really means. But you also have a podcast, Space No Rocket Required. And... Um, I think I've lost count how many podcasts are on space. It's incredible. There, I mean, I found you in a top 70 list of podcasts around the world. So there, you're doing something good, uh, with, uh, I guess. But uh, why, why is there room for so many podcasts? So uh, uh, is this really the new frontier? Um, I think so. I think we're at a moment where we can do anything and we can be anything in the space sector because there's so many opportunities. It's almost the reason, and I know you're going to ask me about it, but the reason that we're talking about space or I'm teaching space is it's like a blank canvas. We have, we can determine the future moving forward and we can do that together. Um, so for me, there's lots of opportunities. And the reason that my podcast is Space No Rocket Required is that space has got that kind of perception that's all about rockets. And actually, it's only engineers and super clever ma uh, mathematicians that can operate in the space sector. But actually, there's room for everyone. And actually, we can all contribute to the space sector. And we're using the space-based technology in day-to-day -day life in our mobile phones. Um, so it's about changing opinions and perspectives. And I, probably there's a bit in there about that little girl that was isolated that couldn't get into the space sector all those years. Maybe that's still inspiring me to go, well, actually, I'm not, we're not leaving anyone behind. We're going to open space for everyone. But we need to do it in an inclusive and responsible way. Okay. Now, um, I have to ask you, uh, I get... Uh, like uh, the, the the first thing which comes to mind are the Jetsons when I think about space entrepreneurship. But could you make it a little bit more reality? What does space entrepreneurship mean? And can you give me some examples maybe? Yes. So the commercial space sector is actually in its infancy. So we're talking about Elon Musk. We're talking about Jeff Bezos. We're talking about Richard Branson. So when I started looking at it, I thought, why should three people dominate the space sector? Why should three people have that um, majority? And, what, and my research, early research, was about where, where are the women in this? Why are three men dominating space? Where are the females in that? 
Um, so space entrepreneurship actually is just about using space-based technology and using innovation. So when we think about um, the developments in NASA and um, innovation, so how you've got the mattress on your bed, you've got your, your uh, memory foam mattress, how you've got a, a mouse for your, your, your laptop, um, how your car treads, your, your tires and your treads, that was all developed for space, but we use that in, in, on Earth. So it's about using the technology to change the world. Yeah. So looking at that and actually looking at imagining this new world. So at the moment, our tech, our, uh, we use clouds as storage. And that's in the desert. Yeah, we've got big um, data storage in the desert. And that's where data is. In the future, that data will actually be stored above our head. Um, and really? low earth orbit. Yes, so they're working on that low earth orbit. Um, so if you think about some diseases that we can't cure on Earth, but if we take you off gravity, we take you to low earth orbit, is there a different way that the drugs operate in your body? Can we find cures? Um, and I'll give you one example as well. A Japanese space agency, they um, are working with a French um, perfume company and they're growing roses on the ISS. And it's space perfume. <laughs> so there's so many opportunities. It's almost like limitless what you what you can think about. Wow, yeah. So, no, because when you, you start off with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, uh, immediately it's putting people into rockets going up, but it's also bringing that technology down to earth and apply it on the ground. Um, I can also imagine this is about, um, well, the, the example of that, we're gonna literally put things in the cloud or beyond the clouds. That is also something which at least I wasn't aware of. Okay. Um, yeah, so, um, what kind of people uh, does this course attract? Are these uh, the, the visionaries say, hey, I have a dream? Are these, you could say, the, the entrepreneurial types of who, who wants to have a take on this? So it's a compulsory module, um, and it, it, wa it was called um, Entrepreneurship Principles and Practice. Um, and I, I was a little bit sneaky, so I hope I don't really get it out. But I thought, well, what's what's the point in teaching my students about business today? What's, you know, they can learn that from anything, really. But what about giving them the opportunity to be early innovators, in a sector where there's no or there's limited um, rules, you know, let them see the power that they can bring to it. So it's a master's module, um, and it's the second year I've run it, um, and I developed a metaverse as well to teach in it. So they come into the class, and I talk about space, and some of them go. I've never thought about space. <laughs> what is this lady talking about? So I give them, I give them a background and kind of give them the, the context of space and opportunities. Uh, talk about emerging sectors and markets and about um, innovation. And then I say, so we're it's a two-week block. They're with me all day, every day for two weeks, Monday to Friday. And I say, right, you've got to think about our wicked problem. A really difficult problem because for our business to succeed it needs to be a purpose so I want you to look at sustainable development goals 
I then want you to use space-based technology to address that sustainable development goal. Because we know that some of the most difficult problems on Earth, we, um, we find it difficult to find solutions, but can we find a solution using space? You know, how can we use space as our, our route to maybe solve some of these problems? And that frees them because there's no confines, there's no preconceived ideas. And we go through the module challenging their worldviews and, and ideologies because the tendency is to a way that you take what happens on Earth and you plug it into space. But it's a, it's a really different context, isn't it? It's a different climate and environment. So what works on Earth may not necessarily work in space. Yeah. So it's about freeing them up and giving them innovation, an opportunity to experience innovation firsthand. Um, and then I take it that step further and I say, right, okay, I understand that these are conceptions and it can be really difficult to create a business for space. I get that. So let's create one using artificial intelligence. So we use Adobe AI and a beta for a better form. So they were able to build models. And then let's plug that into a metaverse. And I want you to create a metaverse in a virtual world where you're going to pitch to investors your space-based idea. Um, and actually, they love it because they're learning so many things. They're thinking about new sectors. They're seeing that actually they can address wicked problems from different perspectives and they don't need to be rigid to worldviews or, or, or um, yeah, are things that are influenced and limiting their thinking. And they can actually say that they can shape the future, so it empowers them. Yeah, this reminds me, by the way, uh, a lot of the book which came out a couple of years ago called uh, The Blue Ocean Strategy, Blue Ocean Thinking. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, so, so this is not just about um, literally space entrepreneurship. It's also a metaphor, a mechanism to get people to think uh, in a way that they uh, free up their mind, uh, unlimited. So... Yeah, and underpinning that, Sorry. And underpinning that, I want them to challenge assumptions about the leader that they're going to be, because we need more responsible leaders um, yeah. in the world. So that's why the sustainable development goals are embedded in it, so that they can understand yeah. um, and start to think about yeah. it. So, yeah. And is that link uh, accepted uh, to link the entrepreneurship you teach with, OK, let's uh, do it for good? Yes, I, I, yeah, I, I think so. Some quite a lot of my students say that the module is life changing, and as an academic, that's amazing when somebody says, "Actually, I did this and it's changed my life," you know. And and there's lots of lessons there. So, and the way that they're assessed is reflective essays. So they write a reflective essay on their thoughts and their feelings and how it's changed or or, or not, but majority it's changed. And actually, um, some of the case studies when I show them, and some of the case studies. They go, well, actually, maybe when I started this module, I was thinking about commercial, I had my commercial hat on. But actually, what I understand is I can make more money if I'm a responsible leader, because actually it's embedded in my values and I'm doing it for a purpose and a good. So therefore, you know, the money follows that, doesn't it? Whereas if it's all about cutthroat and um, making money as quick as you can, then that's short-termism. And actually, it doesn't always feel that great. Yeah, that actually, uh, the, the research from Alex Edmonds from the London Finance School um, actually supports that. He did a great research on 
realizing that profit and purpose are aligned, assuming that you have long-term goals. And that's where also, uh, I think what you're saying uh, helps here. Uh, yeah. Now you just uh, shared with us um, where you got your inspiration from. It's actually your son. But I was wondering, uh, 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 additional to that, um, do you have any role models for yourself or role models you share with your students? Look, these are people or situations where you feel, hey, have a look at that. So I teach that here. <laughs> and, I, I, and the challenge is, is that if we idolize one person, then actually we've got a challenge that we could be let down. And, I, and if, we, if we have that connection on just one person and we focus on it when when it turns out that they're fallible and they're human then they can be really let down and um, and so i always say to my students like do you have role models or, or what kinds of qualities is it that you want to emulate uh, rather than having just that one person or that key uh, kind of key focus um, for me um I guess rather than a role model, it's a quality that I look in for people. Um, so if you were to cut me upside down and whatever, running right through me like a stocky rock is I hate injustice. So I really don't like injustice. And, and for me, that takes different forms. So um, I like to make sure that my teaching's inclusive. Um, I don't like seeing someone being left out. Um, and that is back to that responsible leadership kind of thing um, so for me it is um, Nelson Mandela it is um, Ruth Ginsburg it's people that have stood up and been accounted for because you know people think to stand up and challenge um, inequality or injustice um, maybe is a short-term difficult but actually it takes an awful lot of strength and and the challenges is that you could be almost as cancel culture today isn't it you could be outclassed so it takes a lot of willpower so I, I think for me I it's those kind of people the qualities that they display rather than the one person uh, I got that and are you speaking now you you mentioned a couple of names uh very big household names glo global recognized names um do you also have personal experience where you realized okay we should not focus on individuals but we should look at the characteristics as a well? whole yeah well yeah so my, my mom's been a great role model um, my mom's a nurse um, and my mom's always been one you know wanting to help people and take care of um others and she's always been one that says don't ever ever let someone determine your future you determine it so if someone says you can't do it that's that's their limitation not you so so that's been good um and i guess it's been having that loving environment to grow up in isn't it it's having, i feel very privileged you know we live in a, a western and um, rich country you know and to grow up in a family environment and at a certain time i know that that gives privilege so now being responsible for your own destiny, which I think basically that's what I'm hearing uh, your mother say to you, advise you, also means that, hey, it's going to be your responsibility at the end of the day. So uh, I'm assuming, like everybody else, you had your ups and downs, some failures. How did you cope or what did you learn from your biggest failures uh, and assuming that you've experienced a couple of them? 
So I set up my first business as a single parent straight out of university. So um, I was uh, 23 when I had my son. Um, and in the UK, you you can get benefits to live on benefits, yeah? And um, I was told that I had to go to the job centre and take benefits. And I said to the lady there, I said, really, is that all I'm worth is for you to give me free money? And I appreciate that that's a choice, back to this choice. Um, and I said, is really, is that all I'm worth? I'm sure I'm worth more than that. I'm, I'm, I'm smart. I've got lots to offer. And she went, but you've got a baby to look after. Um, so that night, I went home and set up my first business. There and then, I went home and I got £100 from my parents to set up a, a phone. Showed how long ago it was, but, you know, plug in, dial up phone. <laughs> um, and I set up my first business. And um, I used Paintbox and um, I designed the world's first children's tartan. Um, and I called that the child after my thumb. Um, and it was about children around the world having a role model, but having access to love, happiness, education, and having the opportunities to move forward. Um, and Madonna was one of the first people that um, got my, my, um, my baby. So I designed a baby range. Okay. And um, baby Rocco was getting christened at Spurnock in Scotland. So baby Rocco's a couple of months um, older or younger, but there's a difference a couple of months uh, between her and my son. And she was getting baby Rocco christened and um, she got my range. And um, I ended up selling all over the world. So my, my cottage business that started off from paintbox <laughs> became a tartan business that I exported around the world. Wow. Uh, so that, back to <laughs> that, that's actually quite an, an interesting, you could say, um, uh, segue from first talking about space. And all of a sudden, hey, you, you, you had this amazing business selling around the world. But... Is that still something you do? Is that on sideline or? So no, I've still got the full um, rights and rights to the tartan. But when you asked me about one of the biggest challenges um, that I faced, so um, that was a way back in the millennium. So I'm the single parent. I've got this business that I thought was going to be a cottage business that went crazy overnight. I was using e-commerce, so uh, that was the millennium. So e-commerce was brand new. Yeah. Um, and I went to America on a trade mission and um, I arrived um, the day before September 11th happened. So I arrived in America on yeah. 10th of September 2001 um, and I had almost, I had quite a lot of stock because I put a lot of money into stock because um, I had lots of sales um, meetings lined up uh, and September 11th happened. Um, and that really brought into focus family again yeah I brought in family because I was here in a different country away from my son um uh, and this this horrific thing was happening and I couldn't get back home um to help you know it just really brought back brought into focus um how precious life is and actually you just don't know from one day to the next what's happening um so I I was away for a couple of weeks because it was hard to get back home um, and my stock was impounded for six months. So as a young entrepreneur who put lots of money into her business to take all the stock out, 
I had, you know, a, a short-term financial um, gap there to, to address. Um, and that's how I got into teaching. Uh, that's how I got into teaching. <laughs> because when I came... Is that an example of serendipity? I mean, you're still here, you're still there, so obviously you like it. You love it. I, I love teaching entrepreneurship. There's nothing more exciting than being able to help people see that they actually can change their life. You know, they're in control of their life. They don't have to um, wait on someone else to create a job for them. Um, they can really, they've got that power. So it's lovely. But yeah, I've been in and out of teaching over my career because I went on to set up another business um, a few years later. Okay. Now, I want to ask you, uh, finish this conversation off uh, with uh, one question and uh, one small topic we, we need to cover. Uh, first of all, what's your advice to young people starting out on their own journey? And, and so maybe that's the thing you share in your room, but uh, to the general public, what would your advice be for people who are starting up their own uh, career? I would say that it's the most exciting, exhilarating thing. It's extremely difficult, but you have the agency and the ability. Um, you just need to believe in yourself. Everybody's got imposter syndrome, and you don't need a lot of money to set up a business. I set up mine with £100, and it's changed my life. You can set up your business very... Um, you can be really uh, frugal and set up your business with little money, um, but you have the ability. And it's not just for people that we have to look up to and idolize. You can do it. Okay. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great advice. Now, I want to circle back to when we started off the conversation where uh, you said, actually, my role model, which my, the, the person who guided me, what I'm doing right now, was your son. Yes. Uh, one of the ta your take on the role of adults in this case? Well, I we've got a saying at home, and it's called um, adultitis. There's too much adultitis in the world, um, and we expect young people to look up to us. Um, and actually, we need to start looking at, at, at the younger people because they have got so much to offer. And actually when we look at them and we actually listen because we tend to be so distracted that we don't listen to the children because we, we've got this kind of um, superiority complex, haven't we? That's what we call the adultitis. Um, that we've got a superiority that because we're older, then we know everything. But actually, see, these young people, they are phenomenal. They are so fantastic. And we need to get over ourselves and we need to start listening to them. And actually, my young son, when he was younger, um, he's a wordsmith as well. And when I was doing my PhD, I would go, how would you say that? And he came up with some nuggets of amazing ways, descriptive ways to, to convey information. So we need to get over ourselves adults and we need to start listening to young people. So... At the end, I want to thank you so much, Sharon, for sharing your thoughts, not only giving advice to all those young listeners out there, but also advice to all those old listeners out there. Beware and ask yourself, do I have adultitis or not? Adultitis. <laughs> great word. Great word I learned today. Sharon, thank you so much. Thank you so much as well. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. 
do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.